Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 22. Howdy. Welcome back to the show. Glad that you guys are stopping back in for some more stories today. I was just kind of looking over my stats on the podcast. You can't help sometimes but wonder about the numbers a little bit. Uh, I have 118 active listeners one day, and then the next day says I have 200, so I don't know exactly about that. But uh, that number is growing. Thanks to you. Thanks so much for the any of you that have ever shared this show or told a friend about it. I uh, hope that you enjoy it. That's the whole point. I want you to have fun. And um, today uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But I was I, something I noticed that I thought was interesting was just all of the locations. Uh, of the listeners. So I just want to give some shout outs um, to some different folks. Okay, so I I got 88% of folks are in the United States, um, but my top cities are Byron, Illinois. So I want to say, uh, if you're from Byron, thanks for listening to the show. I got Melbourne, Florida. Uh, I got Wilmington, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, West Covina, California. Wow, I I don't know who you are, but thank you. Um, got Minneapolis, Minnesota, Kaysville, Utah, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Mountain View, California, Essex, Maryland. And then I get down into like London. I got some listeners in London, so that's kind of cool. Um, so <laughs> just want to say, if you're listening from anywhere, I just want to say thanks so much. I do appreciate that. Uh, it's just neat to me to kind of look down through and see the different locations and the different uh, continents that I've been able to get on, and I'm just kind of humbled by that. I'm just an average Joe, just like you are. And, um, you know, but here's the deal. This show is not just for average Joes. I always say that at the beginning. I don't know if you know that, but I record every intro every time. And, um, it's just what I've done. But today I realize I always say this is, you know, hi, I'm Travis Williams or whatever. Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting story. And I am, I'm leaving something out there. It's not just the average Joes. We also want to reach out to the average Jills. Uh, that's right. There are a lot of girls that like to hunt. And me being a father of three, and I still say I'm a father of three, even though I, uh, one of my girls is in heaven now. Uh, but my middle child, Ansley, is loving shooting her bow most of the time. She likes uh, acting like she's a turkey and calling turkeys. So very hopeful that in the future she'll want to hunt. But, you know, we got some time between now and then. So, But today uh, we have a special guest. Uh, I kind of switch gears a little bit and talk to a, a girl named Courtney Schnitzler. And Courtney is a part of a group, and she'll tell you all about that called Huntress View, and uh, Courtney, we talk about a lot of different animals on this uh, interview, and she does a great job, I uh, had a lot of laughs, and uh, talks a little bit about dove hunting, talks about deer hunting, turkey hunting, frog gigging, um, so we kind of cover a whole gamut of things, and we talk a little bit about you know girls and hunting and some of the challenges experienced, so I think you're going to really enjoy this one, uh, I definitely encourage you to, to listen to this thing, and um, I'd also encourage some guys, you know, I think it's important, if you got a, a girl or a daughter or somebody that might be interested in hunting, maybe have them listen to Courtney. Um, there's some really good things out there that's available, especially what Hunter's View puts out on Instagram. So highly recommend that. So that being said, I'm going to squat. Uh, oh, man, I made it this far without, like, stumbling. Sometimes I'll just stop and delete, but I'm just going to leave that in there. I'm not perfect. Um, so I'm going to stop my rambling, and we're going to jump right into our podcast interview with Courtney Schnitzler. 
All right, guys and girls, I am here with Courtney Schnitzler. Uh, Courtney is from small town Kentucky. Uh, she loves this time of year going out fishing, hiking, camping, and uh, then she also likes to frog gig. So I'm excited. Hopefully we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And so I just want to say, Courtney, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on it. Yeah, Courtney, um, I reached out to a group called Huntress View, which you are a part of, and they gave me your name and a couple other ladies' names. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are, and then if you wouldn't mind, uh, introduce us to Huntress View and kind of uh, give us a little intro to all that. All right, yeah. Um, well, my name's Courtney, um, and um, I'm originally from a small town in West Kentucky and moved up towards the Louisville area not too long ago, um, but uh with my family being way out in the middle of nowhere, hunting and fishing and camping and hiking and all the outdoor stuff just kind of was your option of things to do. <laughs> uh, there wasn't really much out there, basically a gas station and a little grocery store. So so that was the main main entertainment then. <laughs> that was the main entertainment, definitely. Um, so I grew up in a community where, you know, at your church, you would sit around and show deer pictures and talk about, <laughs> what the latest buck on your deer cam was and trading hunt stories and stuff. And then, you know, after your day of, after the opening day of season, everybody get together and talk about what they got or where their favorite hunting spot is, you know, if they're willing to disclose that information. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I just grew up hunting and fishing and everything. And, you know, not too long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I've, saw a post online about this group Huntress View. And I thought it was really cool that there was finally other women in the hunting industry. Because where I came from, it was basically me. <laughs> I was like the only girl in the county who did anything outside. Um, I did have one girlfriend that would go frogging with me, but that was pretty much it. Um, so I thought it was really neat and looked into it and reached out to them and applied for the team and so lucky that they chose me to represent them a little bit. Uh, so there's a couple of us here in Kentucky. There's also a girl named Chelsea Rivers. Uh, she's big into hunting and fishing too. And it was really cool to be in that community you know, nationwide with all these ladies that support each other. And we can, we can talk about how it's hard to find women's pants in camo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never had to deal with that. I don't think <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a little bit harder than you think it should be. <laughs> yeah. I imagine. So a uh, hunter suit now, is that on, um, that's on Instagram is, do you guys have like, is there a website with that or is it just an Instagram kind of account? Oh yeah. We've got a, we've got a website too. Um, we've got a lot of blogs on there. Um, mm -hmm. some how to's a lot of recipes too. Cause you know, of course as women, we like to cook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we got a lot of recipes for wild game meat on there. Um, just some, some blogs about some equipment that we've used over the years and that we really like. And, um, there's also a lot of information on there for some women or, you know, even some kids, or I guess men too, if they, if they're interested, um, how to mm -hmm. get into some outdoor sports. So if you're not really sure, you know, what's a, what a simple bow setup would look like. You can look on there. Um, you've got no idea where to start fishing. <laughs> you look on there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of blogs about it. Just um, trying to get more women in the outdoors because it's, I guess it's a little daunting sometimes for some women to get out there if they didn't grow up in it. 
Yeah, so so let's get let's go back a little bit with you then. So how how did you you talked about it was about the only thing that you could do? Did, but did you have um, somebody that kind of mentored you? Did you have brothers? How or did, is this something self taught? How did you get into you know learning and getting all of the, you're in a bunch of different types of hunting? Uh, I failed to mention that you do dove hunting along with just started turkey hunting. So how did you kind of uh, learn the the tools and the tricks that you know now? <laughs> I really uh, I started hunting and fishing just because I wanted to tag along with my dad. <laughs> I would see, you know, him get up and he'd want to go outside and do something. And as a little kid, I'm like, me too. I want to go. And um, so I just started going and immediately fell in love with it. So I was basically his retriever for a long time. And <laughs> he even let me go bird hunting with him and I would fetch the birds. Um, <laughs> I would carry the bucket and <laughs> things like that. So I just saw him over the years, and then when I was finally old enough to start shooting myself, I joined uh, the local 4-H club and one of their shooting teams and started learning gun safety and and all that, and then slowly my dad would let me take a shot here or there if he felt comfortable, and then eventually we were actually hunting together, and it was so awesome, but I really started out just wanting to be my dad's shadow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I I have three girls and my middle daughter is really into it. She loves to, you know, shoot her bow in the backyard. Now she's only two, almost three. Um, But, you know, that's that's encouraging to hear. I try not to force it on her or anything like that, but just kind of letting her decide. And, you know, I think that's that's huge. That's awesome. (laughs) It's encouragement for me. So I hope she I hope she wants to hunt. Oh, I hope so, so too. It's that's that's awesome. So you have three daughters, you said? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Three girls. So. Um, Courtney, um, let me ask you this, you going back to that, what was, do you remember the first like animal you were able to harvest? Was it a bird or a deer? What was the first thing you were able to get with your dad? And what was that like? Um, uh, the first animal, you know, I've gotten a million fish, a million frogs, but my first, um, animal was a dove and he finally let me shoot a dove. And I was so proud that I knocked it out of the sky because I can't tell you how many shots I took and I missed completely. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so cool to finally see it come down. And I walked around. I can't remember how old I was, probably 10 or 11. I this kid walking around with my 20 gauge and this one dove. <laughs> I was one so dove. <laughs> one dove for opening day. And, you know, everyone else limits out and everyone's standing at the tailgates, you know, um, cutting open everything, you know, rinsing off the meat, packaging everything up, and I have one dove. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had an easier easier job than everybody else, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I had one goal, was just to get one bird that day. And well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, that's one more dove than I've ever shot. So tell me, I, I'm not, I'm, whenever it comes to that, other than turkey hunting, how do, how do you, for the people that don't dove hunt, is that the same? I know pheasants, you have dogs, and you go out there and you try and jump them. Uh, how do you go about dove hunting? What does that look like? Dove hunting is very different than like your upland game style birds and even turkeys because um, you're just waiting for them to fly over you. Um, you can set up decoys. Um, there's a, a mojo spinning decoy that's phenomenal. Mm. Of course, it's the dove body and it has two white oval wings on each side that spin and dove love it. Um, so we'll usually hunt, you know, near an old cornfield or old sunflowers, old hemp field or something that we know they're going to want to go fly to eventually. Um, And we'll just set up against 
something tall to block out your silhouette, usually in some lighter camo or tan, just depending on the, the scene. And when they come over, that's your one shot <laughs> to knock them <laughs> out of the sky. Um, so it's, it's really different. It's a lot like just shooting clays. Um, with dove hunting, it's so different that you don't have to sit and be really quiet. It's, um, it's more of a big get together. Yeah. So, you know, my, my dad, my brother-in-law, and now my husband, the four of us will go out and hunt together and just, you know, hoop and holler basically with a bunch of other people. Uh, cause you don't have to be quiet. And so that's, yeah, that's fun. That one's a little bit different than the rest. Um, that's cool. I, you know, those, it's just something in my, I never even, I don't know that it, I don't even know in Southeast Ohio if there's much dove hunting to be done. I, at least if there is, I haven't heard about it. So that's that's interesting. Very cool. So you start out dove hunting. Um, talk us through uh, how you got into whitetail. You know, is it the, something similar? Did you, um, you know, did your dad take you out with that? How did you get started there? Yeah, my dad took me out in a similar way too. Um, even when it was snowing or sleeting, I would be sitting up there with him as a little kid. And, um, uh, I loved watching the deer because, you know, it's the mysterious white-tailed deer. You know, they come out of the shadows and they're just so hard to find sometimes. You know, you see them all the time when you don't want to see them. But when it's right. deer season, it's a little bit more difficult. And I just thought it was so awesome watching them. And then the harvest, you know, when you finally get one deer, you have meat for the whole winter. You know, sometimes throughout the spring, too. And it was so rewarding, that one animal you know, that God blesses you with the harvest of one deer that's, you know, meat for the family for a long time. Um, so my dad finally let me take a shot at a deer and I got this little button buck that I thought was a doe. It's my first deer. <laughs> I mean, the nubs, it even hadn't broken skin yet. <laughs> it's little oh, antlers. Man. It was, so I was pretty disappointed with my first deer, oh. not in that it was a small buck. But I knew that he he had so much potential, mm. you know. So how did that hunt go down? Were you like up in just a stand and came out came out to a, a you know spot where you were kind of scouted, or how did how did you get that deer? Yeah, we had um, on our old property we had had a few deer cameras, so we had seen a few different things. Um, but we sat up in the stand, you know, just a just your ladder stand and a an old cedar tree um, for a few days and tried to pattern a few does because that was our goal for the season was to take out a few does and I saw what I thought was a doe um, towards the other side of the hill Uh, so I took my shot and gave him a minute you know gave him a few minutes to make sure he had expired and gone over and saw it was a little buck Uh, (laughs) I was proud you know at my first deer but also a little sad that he could have been something you know a brute someday um but, you know, that's that was a lot of meat. There was a lot of sausage. We made a lot of sausage and got to share it with some friends from church and with some family friends, and they loved it. So I was still pretty proud. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's always those little things like that that kind of you wish it could be perfect. And some guys and girls they'll have like a perfect hunt. You know, their first hunt works out. And, uh, there's a boy I know. He went out on like a first hunt. This guy sat him in his normal stand, and he shot a 170 inch buck. You know, it's just like stuff like that. You know, it's just it's not the most common thing. You know, it's not yeah. always not always perfect. And sometimes you learn as you go that it's not that easy. You know, so yeah. 
Hey, and if everyone had that story, then those stories wouldn't be as exciting, right? You know? That is a very good point. (laughs) Everyone's was perfect, then no one would be perfect. So Courtney, bring us through some of your uh, your favorite hunts. What what would if if you kind of go back and look, you know, from the time that you started with your dad till you started doing it on your own, um, you know, what what hunts kind of stand out to you? Any stories come to mind of some of your favorite, you know, in, any kind, dove, squirrel, deer, whatever it might be. What what comes what comes to mind for you? Um, well, most of my favorite stories, I don't even know if we harvested anything. It was just the get together, you know, just hanging out either with my husband or my dad or some friends. Um, but I will say one of my favorite stories, uh, my dad and I were hunting and we decided our goal for dove season that year was to shoot a dove and before it hit the ground, pull the seat off of our five gallon bucket because we had the seats with the swivel top. Mm-hmm. Pull the lid off and catch the dove in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, now that's a unique goal right there. I like that. Was, that. <laughs> that was the newest goal. I'll tell you, it did not happen, but we actually came close a few times. Uh, <laughs> so just watching my father from across the cornfield struggle to get the lid off of his bucket. I would laugh so hard I fell off my own seat. It was so funny. That's awesome. You don't see that on the Outdoor Channel or, or Pursuit Channel. You know, there there needs to be a sport, you know, uh, Slam Dove or something. I don't know. That's that's sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, another favorite of mine, um, a couple summers ago, my husband and I went down to Florida for our first hog hunt. And uh, we did each get two pretty big boars. Uh, so it was awesome. We actually just ran out of hog meat a few weeks ago which is sad, but it lasted a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had no idea what we were getting into. Uh, you know, down in Florida, we got sunburnt and we got eaten alive by mosquitoes. We almost drowned in this big thunderstorm that came rolling through. I found a scorpion on me and oh, wow. it was so crazy. But we, <laughs> after sitting in the sun in the hot tree stand for you know half the afternoon, we each got our hogs just one after one another so quickly. And uh, we ended up coming home with this huge cooler full of meat and two um, European mounts that we have in our house right now with these big tusks. And we never, neither of us had ever seen boars like that up close, you know, other than like the zoo or something. Right. So it was just so cool walking up on this massive animal. You know, we didn't know that they smelled that bad either. <laughs> Say <laughs> so the phrase "you smell like a boar." He kind of has new new meaning, I suppose. Oh, so. a whole yeah. new meaning to us. Yeah. Yeah. And then bringing all that meat back up to Kentucky, and you know, doing the boiling the heads with with my dad, and you know, showing off the pictures. It was so cool. It was so different than any other hunt I've been on. Well, let me uh, pick your brain on this a little bit. You know, my wife is not a hunter. Um, I, in fact, I will say. Uh, let me come back on that. She said that she would go turkey hunting, and so finally, just last week, um, there was a turkey goblin in the backyard. I'm tagged out, so I tried to get her out. So she's out there in pajama pants, Crocs, and uh, a camo shirt that I had her throw on. (laughs) And so we're sitting down there just hoping for a turkey to come. That was my wife's first hunt, and it was unsuccessful. Um, But she's not really big into hunting. So uh, the fact that you and your your husband hunt, what um, what would you say the biggest reward is in that, and what would be the biggest challenge that you guys face uh, hunting together? The biggest reward, um, it's just, um, I guess the, the quality time, 
because you know they're you're not going to be on your phone playing um there's no you're not going to be emailing trying to catch up on work it is 100 quality time when you're in the woods and uh i feel like you learn a little bit extra about one another <laughs> <laughs> um you know that patience level um and then you you know not only do you have the quality time with one another but you also have some some pretty good one-on-one time with god too you know so like me and my husband will be sitting there you know even on the fishing boat and we're like wow god did this or you know god did that and talk about it and be like well why this and <laughs> just say the goofiest things that come to our minds because we've you know, been out in the woods for eight hours. Yeah. Um, but that quiet time with one another and with God is, you know, to me, the biggest reward, hmm. not necessarily the harvest. Um, but the biggest challenge, hmm, we're both pretty competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so trying to remember that we don't have to be competitive with our harvest. It's like, you know, we get to share everything. <laughs> um, we're so competitive with fishing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk smack every now and then in the boat or on the shore. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess, I guess that w- those would be the biggest rewards, that quality time and then, you know, trying to not be too competitive, you know, always yeah. being always being thankful for what you got, even being thankful whenever you don't get anything and you had a really rough hunt, still being mm-hmm. thankful for that too. Yeah. I know what my, my luck will be is if I ever do get my wife into hunting, she will probably shoot something a lot bigger than what I've shot, which wouldn't, wouldn't take a whole lot to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I can see that, that there's definitely that comp- my wife and I are very competitive. And so, yeah. Well, that's cool. You know, and I think there's probably some guys that that wish that their wives would hunt. Maybe there's probably some wives that wish their husbands would hunt. Um, but I think, you know, if if it's what both people want to do, then it's a good thing and not forcing it, you know, would probably be a good idea. But well, that's cool. So you guys have been able to go on some hog hunts together. Um, any other – I've been saving frog gigging. I call it – you call it frogging. I call it frog – I've been saving that. But any other hunts, uh, maybe whitetail hunts or uh, other things – uh, come to my. You just started turkey hunting this past year too. So how how did that go? Yeah. Um. Well, I started spring, twenty eighteen, I guess. Okay. And I have had a very unique experience, apparently, compared to every other turkey hunter, because I've heard everyone talk about how many years it took them to get a turkey, and <laughs> I got one my first and my second season, just you know one each. So I don't nice. know how it happened. Um, I had a really good caller, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, we had a good buddy hunt with us and he called turkeys in and he told me exactly what to do, you know, set it up perfectly and the stars aligned and I, I got my first turkey last year and it was so cool. I, I didn't know how big they were. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's shocking the first time you see them. Cause they're always, you know, they're just, you don't notice that until all of a sudden they're puffed out and they're just giants. So yeah, <laughs> that cool. was a, a whole new challenge. I didn't realize turkeys were that smart or that they could see that well. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that much of a challenge to get a bird, but I was so blessed to get one my first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. I got, I got skunked my first season, uh, but it wasn't for lack of effort. That's for sure. So <laughs> 
Uh, that's cool. So uh, let's jump back back to the whitetails. Any other stories that, that just kind of jump to your mind whenever you go back and think about um, whitetail hunting? Since that you, you mentioned that was probably your favorite. Yeah. Oh, I love deer. Um, I think deer are my favorite though, just because the reward is so large. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get to take home a lot of meat. Oh, <laughs> so so they're they're probably my favorite. Um, I think my new favorite story. I didn't even harvest anything this time. Um, but this past season, on one of the very last days of bow hunting, um, I was sitting in the blind and a bunch of really small does came walking up and, um, you know, they were in the little food plot out in front of me and I was not going to take one because they were, they were very small, like a year, year and a half old. And one was so curious, it came up to my blind and put its nose against my window so i have these really (laughs) awesome pictures on my phone of this little doe with these massive ears and her nose right against my window you know two feet from me it was so awesome (laughs) just sweet ear you know they were probably there 30 minutes so i just got to watch them right up in my face (laughs) that's cool Uh, up up close encounters like that, I mean, even if you don't get anything, it's just to get that close to an animal that's hard to get that close to is awesome. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So um, I'll start I'll start this off by kind of telling my, my buddy told me that frogs got really big, and I didn't know how big they got. And so when I was in high school, uh, my buddy and I, we went out to a little pond, and I had never seen a frog so big in my entire life. I mean, this thing is just like the size of a small dish, his body size. <laughs> and so we gigged two frogs, thought we were like the best giggers of all time. So how did you get into, you said you've killed a million frogs. How did you get into frog gigging, and you got any good uh, frog gigging stories? <laughs> um, I got into frog gigging uh, really with a, a childhood friend of mine. Her name's Molly, and... Um, you know, there really wasn't much to do where we're from, um, but that was what we did. And she had this big, this big lake behind her house in her childhood home. And every night we would go out there. Every night we hung out, we'd go out there and we'd, we started out just catching frogs, you know, which was so weird for little girls. Just catch all the frogs. And she taught me that if you roll them over and you rub up and down their stomach, you can put them to sleep. So I learned something new that day. Um, so we so walked. I just learned something new. I never tried that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You're gonna have to try it now. You can yeah. put them right to sleep. So we're you know two little girls walking around with frogs in our pockets. Um, <laughs> and then uh, her dad came over and had kind of he had made this makeshift gig for us out of you know a mop and um, you know a little gigging fork, the prongs, and he had taped them all together and said here you know, do it better. Um, because you're just walking around with frogs in your pockets. This is how you're supposed to do it. Gave us a flashlight and we didn't stop, you know, all through college when we get together, we'd still frog gig. So I got to credit my friend Molly for the frogs. Um, but I've gotten my dad out there. I've got my husband out there made him frog gig with me. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, they taste so good. Which oh, it's great. It's <laughs> this little muddy thing would taste so good. Um, so walk us through, if, if a person wanted to go out frog gigging, they've never done it before, um, have no clue, What's give us an introductory 101 on, on frog gigging here, Courtney. What, what, what's the first thing you do? Where do you go? When do you do it? Kind of bring us through how you frog gig. All right. I would say first you get a buddy. Um, 
so someone can hold the flashlight, somebody can hold the gig, um, and find water where the shore is mud, because frogs don't care much for the big rocks, um, mm-hmm. the gravel on the shore. So find somewhere muddy, you know, just a little pond, and walk quietly and speak very quietly. Um, so you want a flashlight with a very small light, you know, something really bright, but a small, I guess a small cast of light mm-hmm. out there. So you can really pinpoint one frog instead of this big glow across the whole pond. So you just want to shoot this beam and blind them. You know, when, whenever you see that little shiny green dot on the edge of the water, those are the frog's eyes. Mm-hmm. And your gigger will be walking in front of the person with the flashlight and just walk up so slowly to them. I would say get your gig about a foot away. And then whenever you decide to go for it, you better go all out because they're fat. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then you guys put them, do you have like a, uh, some sort of sack or something to carry them around or. (laughs) Yeah. We've, we've been through a few different sacks. Um, um, I've used just like a regular backpack, which I would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> they are a little ruin... nasty. Yeah. Yeah. You can ruin some good backpacks that way. Um, I've used like an old, old, old pillowcase, you know, <laughs> when you're all out of other things, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, of course. And then, um, I think my favorite thing though, are those mesh laundry bags mm. that you can zip up. Oh, um, that's a great idea. They usually have a handle on them, so they're pretty easy to pack around. Um, Yeah, and you can find some really good tutorials on how to, you know, cut up and skin your frog legs pretty easy. Oh, yeah. They're a very, very easy animal. You don't have to, like, gut them or anything like that. So you just basically just get the legs, and, man, they are delicious. Yeah, they are. Oh, I love them. We have, right now, one set of frog legs in the freezer, and it breaks my heart. (laughs) Well, summer's summer's coming. So, oh yeah, time frame. When do you typically do this? Obviously, at night with the flashlight. But uh, what what time of year are you usually frog gigging? When's the best time? Um, our season just opened last Friday, so I'm wanting to go this weekend. Mm-hmm. But the really, really hot, humid it, here in Kentucky, it gets really humid. Um, so usually, like July and August, mm-hmm. I would say it's the best. Yeah. Um, they're they're pretty big. <laughs> in, in Ohio, actually, I think May, we're not allowed to gig until May's like the only month that you can't. And then June, July, yeah, usually um, August is good the first couple of weeks and then it kind of tails off after that. So close to September gets, you know, you just don't hear them as much. But there's nothing like going out there at night and you got this pole in your hand. Uh, they make like telescoping poles, which makes or telescoping or whatever you call it. So you can extend the, the gig a little bit, get out there and reach a little bit. Um, but it's just, I don't know. There's just something about it. Just getting out around and, um, uh, it's a blast. I love, I love it. I used to do it all the time and then I didn't do it again. Last year I took a couple kids from our youth group and we went to this little pond, didn't think that we'd see hardly anything. And we caught 20, about 20 frogs off this little pond and they were, it was awesome. And there was more to go. It's not like we just completely depleted everything. There, there was more to be, to be had. So but yeah, it's that's a blast. I think you know it's just one of those fun things to kind of pass time during the summer, and it's a good social thing to do. So I'd highly recommend guys and girls checking that out. So um, if you need a buddy to hold the flashlight, you can call me. Yeah, there you go. Any day. <laughs> well, Courtney, um, 
unless you had any other stories up your sleeve, anything else that you want to talk about there, I was going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk um, uh, talk a little bit about Huntress View and just kind of getting girls, more girls into hunting and just kind of your view on that. Um, so with Huntress View, I'll just say this off the cuff. One of the things I really appreciate about uh, the site is that a lot of times on Instagram, uh, there are girls portrayed, but it's usually girls that I don't think actually know how to hunt, and it's usually more about um, showing a lot of uh, body, if you know what I mean. And yeah. and it's just, to me, that I don't know that that's helping hunting a whole lot. So what I love about Hunter's View is you guys, you girls, are actually killing things, and, <laughs> and it's not about, you know, uh, a big vanity kind of thing or look at me kind of thing it's just it's about promoting the sport it's about hunting teaching hunting and so first off i just want to say i appreciate that but secondly i just want to ask you know how do you get more girls involved in hunting um what are some ways uh that that you think is effective with that uh what i think is effective um i'd say for the men out there if you can't get can't get your wives your girlfriends or you know your daughters into the sport take it slow um, cause as the moment you start getting really pushy, they're going to get very uninterested. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of be slow with it. Like, Hey, you want to tag along with me? You don't have to touch the animal, but just hang out with me and, um, really just make her comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, we get cold, we get hot, we get bored and, uh, she's not going to want to go again. So try to find ways to keep her comfortable and make it a social thing for her a little bit and then maybe you can start to build that interest and you know get deeper into the sport so just take it slow don't get discouraged um i'd say the majority of the time if you you know if you um if you're just kind of hanging out with her if you can get her interested socially and don't make her touch anything that's dead you'll probably win her over um (laughs) (laughs) most likely i'm not gonna guarantee it but i'm hoping um and then i would say um one of the most discouraging things about being a female in the industry dominated by males is um been kind of bug you a little bit about it so like oh really oh well you yeah sure you hunt whatever you you're just doing it for the pictures Mm -hmm. um stick up for the girls whenever you know they're not doing that yeah. Um, you know, like this, we're really trying to do on the team, trying to make it simple. It really is just hunting, you know, h- how to do this, how to do that and, um, be taken seriously in the industry. It's, it's a little tough, but, um, yeah. Do you th- would yeah. you say that that's, was, is that one of the biggest challenges that you guys would, you, I keep saying guys, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> girls is, is that something that girls, you know, just uh, not being taken seriously, or was, uh, is there something else that comes to mind as a challenge that you face? Um, yeah, not being taken seriously is a big challenge. Um, another big challenge that I've faced recently is not finding women's clothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is, like, nothing yeah. camo that's going to fit. Um, I have a lot of small men's camo and, you know, young boys' camo in my closet, and that's annoying. But, <laughs> you yeah, know, not being taken seriously and... Um, and then sometimes there's people that just completely ignore you. If you're in a, a big group setting, um, this happened to me recently. I was talking to you know, my husband and s- some other guys while we were out bird hunting, and an older gentleman walked up and shook everyone's hand but mine 
and continued on with the conversation with all of them except for me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hi, I know I'm small, but I'm I'm here too. I'm I'm hunting too. Um, you know, I I know how to use my gun. I know how to use the dogs. I can gut things just like the men can. Um, I'm a serious hunter as well. Just because I've got mascara on doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean I can't see that deer just fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, and like I said, with my wife not hunting, I, it, this is a learning curve for me too. I think growing up, I didn't see a lot of girls hunt, but we did have some in our hunting party that would come out and go and guys were introducing. So I think more and more, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's now because of social media, you see more and more of it. Maybe it's always been there. And we just didn't know. Um, but it does seem like more and more girls are getting into hunting. And I, I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. I think it's a great thing. Um, I just think sometimes it's once again, probably going back to that competitive thing that you talked about, you know, <laughs> yeah. guys, guys are competitive and so are girls. Um, and so you got girls kind of hopping into an area that's been mostly a guy thing. And all of a sudden this, you know, testosterone kicks in and guys start acting stupid and they like to say it's, you know, whatever, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, to realize that it's, it's, it's not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing is, is, uh, is critical, I would say. Hmm. So, um, I guess to kind of wrap things up here a little bit, um, what would you say to a girl that's wanting to get into hunting? Um, so she's, she's young, or maybe she's not young, maybe she's just always kind of been curious about it. What are some of the first steps that you would advise her to do? Like, what are some things maybe she would think would be good for a girl to learn how to do right off the bat? I would say, um, do a little bit of research, just, you know, Pick up a Field and Stream magazine, you'll Google it and get some base knowledge going, you know, free on the internet. Everything is out there. You can find how to do anything on the internet. Um, Find a female influence online, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, follow them. And I'd say 99% of the time, if you ask a female in the hunting industry, her opinion on something or advice or even if you say hey we're local can I go with you can you show me how to hunt she is going to be so pumped and she's going to take you with her um (laughs) no female to female Uh, or you know even with a lot of men you know you can say hey I'm I'm new to this can I tag along and watch you know I don't need to harvest anything on your property but could you just let me watch you hunt and most people would be cool with that um So I'd say do a little bit of research and find a social media influence um, and follow them and then just start talking to people. There's the hunting community is an awesome community and everyone's usually very willing to help one another. Um, Yeah. So, you know, even if you don't have you don't have a gun, you don't have a bow, maybe you don't own a camo piece of clothing at all. Um, You know, there's there's someone near you who's willing to help you you know even Mm -hmm. if it's just a one-day thing hey i don't know if i'm interested in this at all but i want to give it a shot just Mm -hmm. one day there's someone who's gonna help you out um reach out online yeah and speaking of which courtney underscore schnitzler 
mm-hmm. um, is your Instagram tag. So if you want to look up somebody that, that has killed some animals and has some good advice, I would recommend you, Courtney, 100%. So Thanks. there's that. Um, also, you mentioned a group that, uh, along with Huntress View, which is also, like you mentioned on Instagram and YouTube, a group that you are friends with uh, called uh, Live, Hunt, and Co. Um, so tell us a little bit about Live, Hunt, and Co. Yeah, uh, Live, Hunt, and Co. was started by a, a college friend of mine not, not too long ago. And um, their goal is to bridge the gap between like your old-timey hunting and your new-age hunting groups and uh, kind of put the perspective of what hunting is, you know, back into the picture where it's a family come together, you know, you can praise God through your harvest, enjoy the great outdoors, and get back to the simple life, um, you know, connecting all the generations back together through hunting. Um, mm-hmm. So they're new, they're growing, um, but if you want to watch some guys, you know, get the get the job done, <laughs> and you know, get some little tutorials on how to trim up your meat, how to cook your meat, they've got it, just just some good old boys uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to get hunting back to the basics. Um, so so they live, hunt, yeah, live. Sorry, I live hunt co on Instagram. I just became a follower, so uh, so check those guys out. That's cool. Yeah. So both those websites, um, the websites, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think Live Hunt Co's got a YouTube too. You can, if you need to know how to get something done, or if you want to review on a product you're interested in buying. Um, one of those two probably has it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's good. Well, the last thing I want to kind of bring up, you, you've kind of mentioned this a little bit throughout the podcast and, and guys and girls listening to this know kind of where I come from, but I just like to hear other perspectives. Uh, you've talked a little bit about God and, and creation and being a part of church. How, do, how does, sometimes we see things in boxes, you know, so we've got our hunt box and then we've got our church box and then we've got our, maybe a God box and then work box or whatever. How do you see uh, hunting, the hunt box, and the faith box, you know, connecting? How How is hunting and faith related for you? Um, to me, um, hunting and, you know, being outside in general just reminds me that, you know, all everything was put on earth for a reason. All the plants, all the animals have a purpose. Um, some of it's to feed us. You know, there's some herbs out there you can use for healing, you know, to disinfectant, whatever. There's a reason for everything out there. And, um, you know, to be thankful for what God has given us, you can, you know, fully furnish your freezer and your cabinets with the things that God has put right outside your door. Um, you know, you can get a deer, you can fill it with birds, a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, just remember that that animal was designed and created by God, put on earth, um, you know, for the other animals to eat, for us to eat, and um, every meal you make out of that animal, you're reminded of not only God's creation, but your hunt. And, you know, you can th- thank God for that animal, for the safety during the hunt, for the harvest, for the friends and family that get to enjoy it with you. And at every meal, you're reminded of how thankful you are just from that one that one harvest. Mm. Um, so it really wraps it all up together for me <laughs> yeah. in this nice little meat package. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, and I, I, you know, I ask you that because I, I hope I'm not the only person. I don't think I'm the only person that thinks that it's all tied together. You know, we like to try and segment things, and you know, um, but I, I, whenever I'm in the woods, a lot of times that that is a great time to connect with God. It's a great time to learn, like you said, 
and, and just kind of be in awe of what he's made. He's made some very good things. So, uh, and we get to enjoy that. So I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy that. I'm glad that you've been able to get out and enjoy some time chasing all those, man, you've hunted a lot of different animals. Is there any, we didn't mention any, any animals, uh, that we didn't talk about that you've gone after? Um, let's see, boar, frog, deer, um, bunch of birds, turkeys. You know what? I'll tell you. I've been trying for a few years to get a bobcat. <laughs> it has not happened for me. <laughs> oh, man. But my dream hunts all revolve around cats. Okay. Um, I would love to go to Africa someday and get some kind of a jungle cat. <laughs> That'll be cool. Um, but even a bobcat would suffice. I've hunted coyotes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, more of a um, wildlife management right kind of thing not really on purpose <laughs> yeah well anytime i've tried to kill a coyote i've not been unsuccessful but they anytime i've hunted another animal that's when they've showed up so that's it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. you find them um yeah those are really the main ones a bunch of different birds that's great well once again i just want to encourage uh, our listeners if you want to check out uh, some of the Courtney's hunts, pictures, things like that, Courtney Snitchler, and then also go to um, go over to Hunter's View, and you can see some of those other pictures and, and check out the YouTube. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed uh, hearing your stories. I will forever have in my mind, and whenever I think of dove hunting, um, I will think of people out there trying to catch them in buckets. That's what's, <laughs> what's, what's going to be my visual. So thank you. you tried. Like, it's a lot harder than you think. <laughs> I believe you. I want to see some duck hunters do that, honestly. I want to see some. Uh, that should be a new sport is catching whatever bird you shoot out of the sky. So, well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your stories. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. All right, there you go. I really enjoyed doing that interview with Courtney. That was, uh, it's just cool. I just, I love getting different perspectives whenever I sit down to do this podcast and talk to folks. I love talking to people from different continents and hearing about kangaroos and, uh, you know, with Daniel Mummery and hearing about um, people hunting out west and just different styles of hunting. But today was cool. I really enjoy hearing a lady's perspective, um, you know, on hunting and, and hearing ladies' stories. And we need more and more of that. And so it just pumps me up to see more and more girls getting into it. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really appreciated about Courtney was just her kind of talking about her faith on her sleeve. Uh, she's a girl that kind of sees it like I do, that everything is weaved together. You know, faith is kind of a part of everything. And let me explain that just for a second, if you'll hang with me. You know, I, I think about, you know, there's there's country songs out there that talk about, you know, you can get drunk on Saturday night, go to church on Sunday morning, and then you got to roll into work on Monday. There's Actually, that's pretty much every country song, right? Uh, and um, Don't get me wrong, I love country. But, you know, and the reason we think that is because we put things in, in its box, you know. So what happens on Sunday doesn't affect what happens on Saturday. And I just don't see it being, that's not what the Bible talks about at all. Uh, Colossians 3 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, word or deed, so that pretty much covers everything. If you go to work and you, you know, believe in Jesus and you're a Christian, then you are to work in a way that brings honor to God. Uh, you work hard. You, you do your best to be kind to your coworkers, even if they're not the best coworkers. You do everything in your power to bring honor to God by the way that you work. Um, if you are married, um, you treat your spouse in a way that you, is honoring to God. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about how we are to submit to one another. Um, you know, and that's not wives submit to your husbands. The Bible does say that, but the husband is supposed to love uh, his wife the way that Christ loved the church. I mean, that is sacrificial um, love right there. And so 
all of that kind of points to, to you know hunting and what we're talking about most of the time on this podcast. How do you hunt in a way to bring honor to God? Well, I think it means that you are going to be ethical, that you follow the law. We have a phrase that came up early on in Shedding Light Outdoors that says, that's not shedding the light. And so if we're, you know, uh, growing up, we kind of got a little blurry on some of those lines. You know, there's a guy that uh, would tag in deer for other guys, or if you're close to your property, you know, you might tag at landowners. You know, things like that that just were a little shady. Um, you know, we've, we've, our buddy Jim flat out said that's not shedding the light. And we've learned if we're going to profess that name, if we're going to say that we're Christians and we're a, a hunting group that's all about that, then... You know, we want to point people back to God, and there's no room for those kind of things. So I think that's part of what it is. Everything that you do is is connected to that faith part. And so it brings me back full circle with Courtney, Hunter's View, and what they're doing. I so appreciate um, them pointing people in the right direction, helping people out. That's what it's all about, uh, and that's God-honoring. Um, you know, posting a picture of you in your bikini holding up a giant fish uh, that we're not sure if you caught or not. Um I just don't know if that's God-honoring, to be flat honest. I might be a little bit judgy there, um, but that's just how I, I see it. I, I think that that's more—and it's not just the girls. Guys do it, too. We all want that glory. We all want people to like our picture, like our post, and you know, the more likes we get, the better we feel. But the reality is I'd rather see God get the likes for what we do. Um, I'd rather God get the likes for this podcast if you like it at all, because it's really not about me. And so whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. There you go. I'm done preaching at you. I'll get off my soapbox, put that away, and just say thanks for listening. I encourage you to go check out Hunter's View, Courtney Schnitzler, and uh, Live Hunt & Co. And that's all we will say for today. Thanks for listening, and remember to shed the light.